Adrian Blackwater hadn't gone more than five steps off the ship before he was robbed. The bag, his only bag, was torn from his hand. He never even saw the thief. Hadrian couldn't see much of anything in the lantern-lit chaos surrounding the pier, just a mass of faces, people shoving to get away from the gangway or get nearer to the ship. Used to the rhythms of a pitching deck, he struggled to keep his feet on the stationary dock amidst the jostling scramble. The newly arrived moved hesitantly, causing congestion. Many on shore searched for friends and relatives, yelling, jumping, waving arms, chasing the attention of someone. Others were more professional, holding torches and shouting offers of lodging and jobs. One bald man, with a voice like a war trumpet, stood on a crate, promising that the Black Cat Tavern offered the strongest ale at the cheapest prices. Twenty feet away, his competition balanced on a wobbly barrel and proclaimed the bald man a liar. He further insisted the Lucky Hat was the only local tavern that didn't substitute dog meat for mutton. Adrian didn't care. He wanted to get out of the crowd and find the thief who stole his bag. After only a few minutes, he realized that wasn't going to happen. He settled for protecting his purse and considered himself lucky. At least nothing of value was lost, just clothing. But given how cold Avron was in autumn, that might be a problem. Adrian followed the flow of bodies, not that he had much choice. Adrift in the strong current, he bobbed along with his head just above the surface. The dock creaked and moaned under the weight of escaping passengers, who hurried away from what had been their cramped home for more than a month. Weeks breathing clean, salt air had been replaced by the pungent smells of fish, smoke, and tar. Rising far above the dimly lit docks, the city's lights appeared as brighter points in a starlit world. Hadrian followed four dark-skinned Calean men, hauling crates packed with colorful birds, which squawked and rattled their cages. Behind him walked a poorly-dressed man and woman. The man carried two bags, one over a shoulder and the other tucked under an arm. Apparently no one was interested in their belongings. Hadrian realized he should have worn something else. His eastern attire was not only uselessly thin, but in a land of leather and wool— the bleached white linen thob and the gold-trimmed cloak screamed wealth. Here! Over here! The barely distinguishable voice was one more sound in the maelstrom of shouts, wagon wheels, bells and whistles. This way! Yes! You! Come! Come! Reaching the end of the ramp and clearing most of the congestion, Hadrian spotted an adolescent boy. Dressed in tattered clothes, he waited beneath the fiery glow of a swaying lantern. The wiry youth held Hadrian's bag and beamed an enormous smile. Yes, yes, you there, please come, right over here, he called, waving with his free hand. That's my bag, Hadrian shouted, struggling to reach him and stymied by the remaining crowd blocking the narrow pier. Yes, yes. The lad grinned wider, his eyes bright with enthusiasm. You are very lucky I took it from you, or someone would have surely stolen it. You stole it. No, 
No, not at all. I have been faithfully protecting your most valued property. The youth straightened his willowy back, such that Hadrian thought he might salute. Someone like you should not be carrying your own bag. Hadrian squeezed around three women who'd paused to comfort a crying child, only to be halted by an elderly man dragging an incredibly large trunk. The old guy, wraith-thin with bright white hair, blocked the narrow isthmus already cluttered by the mountain of bags being recklessly thrown to the pier from the ship. What do you mean, someone like me? Hadrian shouted over the trunk as the old man struggled in front of him. You are a great knight, yes? No, I'm not. The boy pointed at him. You must be. Look how big you are, and you carry swords, three swords, and that one on your back is huge. Only a knight carries such things.